Good morning. How many Sundays in a year do you able, are you able to get up and, and, and actually get up and say to anyone who comes out to church, Happy New Year? So show of hands, how many people actually made it to midnight? So this is the uh, younger crowd. <laughs> Just kidding. So listen, today is uh, yeah, New Year's Day. It's awesome that we're approaching a new year. We began a, a tradition here at the Rock Church. We have a few which are kind of interesting. Uh, but we began this tradition, I think it's six years ago now, where I decided to do on New Year's Day, approximately near the end of December, beginning of January, a resolution message. And of course, the initial messages were along the lines of, you know, New Year's resolutions that never work, right? And so we, we mocked that, we had fun with that, and we're done with that, right? So if you're here today for a message about New Year's resolutions and how you can keep them, this won't be that message. Uh, but hopefully it will be in another way something that'll help you in 2017. So the pattern is pretty simple. What we've done each time we've approached these messages, sometimes two Sundays in a row, but we'll just do one this year, is we have a chance to have a little bit of a look back. And since we are a family at the Rock Church, I mean, literally a family, we do talk about money and finances and give report and stuff like that. And I'm going to do that this morning a little bit as we look back on the year. But also just to look back on some of the things that... We accomplished as a church. What what did we dream about last year uh, on January 1st or around that time of year, and what did we actually accomplish? Uh, Did those things happen, and and what else happened? And then we'll also open the mic here. Uh, Where'd that mic go? It's over there. I'll bring it back. Uh, For any of you who are here today who would like to come up just for a moment and and share um, a gospel story, something about what God has done for you in this past year through the ministry of the Rock Church, through someone within the church, or something that you were given to um, where you were able to bless someone else and, and, and had seen God move in your life in this past year. And then lastly, I will speak a little message into today about dreaming forward um, because that's what we want to do. We want to keep being dreamers. You guys know that about me. I'm, I'm, I have this uh, title for whatever reason of being a, a little bit too much on the visionary side, like dreaming all the time and forward about what can be accomplished. And it's just a natural thing uh, which annoyed my parents greatly when I was growing up. But anyway, uh, so we're going to do that. So first and foremost, I want to do a little bit of a look back and review. Um, I remember going back to last December, I looked at my notes actually, and uh, beginning of January, and uh, one of the things that I mentioned to us as a church is that 2016 was going to be the year where we needed to become a big boy and a big girl church, (laughs) which which meant that uh, the six years of financial support that we received from Northview Community Church in Abbotsford and C2C was coming to an end last December It had been declining for four years. Uh, As a church plant, that's the way we work it. It declines as the body grows and is able to support the work of the local ministry of the church. And uh, but beginning this year, 2016, it was done. So we were on our own. And what that meant is that we needed to uh, somehow come up with an additional $36,000 this year as a church to fund the operations of this church, which includes the ministry of the Rock Church that we do here on Sundays, uh, but also throughout the week and what those costs are, uh, but also the money that we send out to other ministries. And we'll talk about some of that this morning. So we, we, had, this, we had this great need at the beginning of the year, and I just laid it out there, big boys, big girls, you know, in any family, in any home, we talk about money, you know, how much we have and how much we don't, and where is it going to go, and what are we going to do with it? And so that's how we started the year. And uh, the report that I can give you today is, is that our budget for the year was approximately $160,000. That's a lot of money, isn't it? That's what our budget was for 2016. And to be honest with you, uh, throughout the years, it was kind of up, 
but, but also down. <laughs> it was up and down, and it was like quite the weird-looking map of, you know, whenever I was showing the reports, it was like, well, oh, that was, well, that's not good. And so it was up and down. But here's what I can tell you, that as of last night, the uh, best report that I, I, I've gotten anyway, is that we arrived at the end of this year, first year in the history of the Rock Church, by the way, where we did not reach our budget. Uh, in fact, we fell $6,000 short for the year. Now, <laughs> there's some good news in that, isn't there? That means we actually made up $30,000 of what we needed to do as a church. And so that, I think, is incredibly encouraging to us as a church. And so for some of you who are here today and some who will listen to this podcast, let me just make it clear as a church that as a ministry, we rely on everyone who considers the Rock Church their home church, where they attend. We rely on everyone to fuel the ministry. We do. God does, actually. And then we use that to do this ministry in this community, but also to bless others and to take the gospel to the nations. And we were able to accomplish that this year. So I want to thank, first of all, um, there are three groups of people, I think, this past year that need to be thanked related to the finances. Number one, there are a group of people in our church who give sacrificially. Now, most of you have heard that the Bible says, or the teaching of the Scripture, something about 10%. It's such an easy thing, you know? Like, if I get paid $1,668 a month, I just, like, move a decimal point, and God is so simple. That's all it is, right? Um, But there are people in this body, um, and I think if many of us knew who they were and knew their means and yet knew what they gave, I don't know whether we'd be encouraged or something else, but just to say thank you. Thank you to those who give so sacrificially to the ministry of the church. You have no idea how encouraging it is, not just to me personally. Um, It's not about me. It's about what we can do, what we're doing as a church and the ability to be able to see people grow in their giving, and I'm going to speak into that today. But secondly, there are people who give extravagantly, who have the means to do so, but they don't have to do that. They don't have to give that way, but they do. And then there's a third group this year, which is really encouraging to me, people who've heard us teach about giving in the church for years, and this past year have started (laughs) to do that to support the work of the ministry. And listen, it's not just about that. As I'm going to show you today in our time of Dreaming Forward, it's about glorifying God in everything that we do. This is one of the ways that we glorify God, is by saying to him, all of this is yours, by the way. All of this paycheck is yours. And I'm going to demonstrate that I believe that by giving the first part of it back to you. That's why we do it. So thank you to all those people who did that this past year, because it's an incredible blessing, and it means as a church we can do good things. And so I want to show you, I, I actually listed seven things last year that were I was dreaming about, because, you know, again, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I'm crazy, and I've got these things, and many of you had these same dreams, and the elders did too. So we put seven things forward. Now, one of them was, of course, the supporting of the ministry of this service here, um, here on Sundays, right? And, and what I mean by that is, is it wasn't just the supporting of it in, in the giving side, although that's what that jar over there is for. Just one more time. It is the, 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 the supporting the service is people stepping up and serving in the church. People stepping up and, you know, all the kids that we have now and babies and infants and, and, and serving in that area of the ministry, it's really, really needed. And many, many people, many of you did that. And I know for young families and parents, I know it's hard. We know it's hard. We, we hear it from you all the time. <laughs> it's hard. 
We remember some of us. We remember. But we need to serve. We're, we're, we're not a consumer church. There are other churches people could go to if that's what they're looking for. We're here to serve one another. And that, again, is how we glorify God. And so I just want to thank people again. Um, the setup team, do you guys realize that people show up at the ledge, you know, like regularly, weekly at 8.15 and pick up a bunch of gear and bring it here, and then others are here at 8.30 and they're opening the bins and setting everything up so that all of us can come here and sing our praises to God and hear the words preached and be here. People are doing that. And I just... As a church, we need to be very thankful. So we asked for that last year. We really asked for people to step in, lean in, and serve. And it's really encouraging. Can more be done? You betcha. But that has happened, and that is really encouraging to us as a church. Secondly, we wanted to support, continue, and maybe a little bit more, support Young Life in Squamish and also C2C, our church planting network, who has been funding us and giving us money. And see, like we as individuals are required and expected to tithe, to give. But as a church, we're expected to do that too. We should model that too, and we do. So this past year, we were able to do three things. One is continue our support fully to young life in this community, which we uh, are greatly encouraged in. And and looking into 2017, we're thinking of doing that again, and especially since um, Allie and Dustin are going to be leading that ministry now as Matt Chamberlain moves on. But the other, of course, was to be able to support and send some money to C2C. And then thirdly, through MB Mission, we were able to send $1,000 to Turkey this past year. That's, that's encouraging. There's some people there, and you know what's going on. I mean, there, was, there were people killed in a nightclub last night in Istanbul. Janice and I were there, right near that nightclub. Not at that nightclub, just in case you're wondering. <laughs> we, we were tempted. But people died there last night. Hakan and Ilhami received money so that they could continue to deliver Bibles to people who go online and ask for a Bible. And it's dangerous for them to do that work. And we were able to send them some money, so that's greatly encouraged. We dreamt about doing an Alpha course last year. We did an Alpha course. And that was a lot, a lot of effort for a number of us to do that, especially when you start off and you know, six or seven or eight people come to visit, and then by the seventh or eighth, there's like two left, right? And, but it's... We did it, and it's important that we do it. We prayed about two young men coming to Squamish and reopening the Ledge Cafe. Amen? Amen. (laughs) Yes, and Luke is here with us today. That's awesome, and we prayed about that, and we asked God that he would send us, um, we were just looking for one uh, uh, missionary entrepreneur to come here and and do that, and we got two, and, and they're awesome, and they're doing a great job. One of the other things, and this is encouraging for me, especially since uh, uh, Tom is here with us today, but I I put this out last year. We tried in 2015 to go to Mexico um, with uh, 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 Tom's ministry, uh, Mission San Quintin, and uh, it didn't work out. We just, we tried and was not enough time to do it. And I remember putting this on the screen last year, and by the way, this is before Sue's diagnosis. And we put it out there that we wanted to do this. We wanted to go in October of 2016, and guess what? We did. (laughs) And we built this uh, two-room school, one room being used as a library, that got dedicated, and you can't quite see the sign behind some of the bodies, uh, to Sukard. That was a huge highlight for this past year, and we did this as a church. Nine of us went. We also wanted to continue supporting uh, community Christmas care, and we did that again this year. Many of the people in this church have been doing that and supporting these things, and it's incredibly awesome to do that. Lastly, we wanted to participate more fully in the ministry of Hilltop House 
here in Squamish to the seniors in our, in our community. And we've been doing that in, in an awesome way. In particular, uh, people showed up on Christmas Day to be there and uh, to do that. And so we really are grateful for that. So these are some of the things that happened. There was a couple of other things that happened that were really significant. We didn't know going in that there was any possibility that those folks down in Fresno, California would think of coming back to Squamish and leading a sports camp for us again in 2016, but they did. And they came, and we had an awesome time in July um, with almost 100 kids. I think it was 88 or 90 kids, and many of you served and helped in that. And they also did block parties throughout the week. So the ministry of the church moved forward. And, you know, it was interesting. We as elders, we put in our budget back in January. We put $5,000 into outreach. It's a lot of money, like things that we'd spend on to do. And we needed some of that money. We didn't know in advance, but we put it in there. Um, faithfully thinking there would be need for this. And some of that money went to uh, Alpha for the meals and the dinners that we, we, we cooked for people who came and freely gave to them, but also some of that money went to um, the sports camp and some of the other outreaches we did this year. So that's my report for this morning. There are many other things that I could talk about, but what I want to do is I'm going to hold on to this mic, and I'd like anybody who's here, anybody who feels like it before I uh, dream forward with you this morning and a bit of a message... Anybody who would like to come down and just, just share anything, just for a few minutes about, um, and I think this is a good opportunity, we, we want to do gospel stories more often throughout the year, but just anyone who wants to share, um, well, you know what, this is what God has done in my life this year. This is what some of the songs that uh, Wayne had picked this morning, which is so beautiful, related to thank you, great is thy faithfulness, God, thank you for what you've done for us this year, what you've done for me. Anybody want to come and share this morning? That's uh, awesome stuff. Thank you both, uh, Nick and Heather, for sharing, and for the others that did this morning. I want to get to dreaming a little bit with you this morning. Um, So if we can do that, I'm going to ask you to do something that I uh, often do, and that is open your Bibles, please, to Matthew 28. I want to go over a little bit. I want to remind us, if I can, this morning uh, what the mission is, why we come here, why we're doing this, what it means to be the church. Um, and so my, my idea today is rather than give you a laundry list, a list like I did last year of the, hey, let's go do these things, I, I, actually, I, I just have one thing that I want to get to this morning that's my dream for us as a church this year. It's a big one. It's a big one. But it's, 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 uh, I think it synthesizes really what we should be about as the church. And so I, I, I want to, again, ask the question, what are we here for? Whether we gather here on Sunday mornings or as family and community groups throughout the week, our hope, my hope is that you would see and hear that this is not about us. It's not about you, right? We, we don't come here to consume. We don't come here to get. It's about Jesus. It's about Jesus Christ. He is King. He is Lord. It's the only reason why I have a role. It's the only reason why you should be coming here. I got nothing else to offer you, right? Nothing else but Jesus. And you know what? He's everything, isn't he? He's everything to us. It's amazing. So, I know that you all know this, that when we talk about Jesus, we don't just talk about his good teachings and, 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 and the things that make us feel good about ourselves. We, we, we talk about him on, on the basis of knowing that the purpose for him coming into this world was to save us from our sins. And he did that. He accomplished that perfectly. And that's, again, why we come here all the time, every day. We collectively believe that this is really good news. It is the gospel. It's so good. It's so important. We just actually can't keep it to ourselves. And that's part of where I want to go with this this morning is my dream for us as a church is that we we come here on Sunday morning to become equipped and, and 
We glorify God with all of our hearts in everything that we do to the point where it's like, I have to tell someone about this. I have to tell someone about this. I recently changed the opening words on our website. Uh, I, I keep reading it. I always go to our website and do some updates and stuff like that. And I changed it because I, I wanted to, in my own mind, put something forward that was for us, for you to be able to look at, which is about our mission, but also any visitor who might come to the website who's part of the 95% of people who live in Squamish who do not come to church, who do not desire to know about Jesus, might lead them to go, that's interesting. That's what this church is about? That's interesting. So here's what's on our website as of a few days ago. Our mission is to make Jesus known, right? You guys all know that, right? That's our mission. It's very simple. It's on our banner somewhere. Upon this rock, I will build my church. Make Jesus known. That's our mission statement. It then goes on to say, everyone has heard of him. Everyone in this world has heard of Jesus. Come on. We have the internet, right? Everyone has heard of Jesus. Most know many of the stories about him, about his birth, about his life, about his death, about his resurrection, and even some of his teachings. Few, however, have gone really deep into his story, into God's word, where you discover who Jesus is. That's what we're all about. We invite you to join us every Sunday as we discover who Jesus is and why he matters. Can you get behind that? Can we share that? That's part of my dream and hope for us this year. We believe this to be so true that many of us, honestly, many of us have come to the point where we believe it is absolutely impossible to hear the good news about who Jesus is and what he has done and then waste our lives on casual, comfortable, routine, boring religion, or even on our selfish needs, wants, and desires. Many of us have gotten to that point. Instead, we are compelled by this good news to give our lives to making Jesus known here in Squamish or wherever we might be, but Squamish first of all, and then Lord willing to the ends of the earth. That's why we're doing this. We're not doing this for any other reason. That's really why we're doing this. So that's why we gather as a church, my friends, There really is no other reason. The words of Jesus at the end of Matthew's gospel sum up who we are. You all know these words. I'm going to unpack them a little differently for you this morning, briefly. But what I want to do when I put them on the screen is I want us to be Anglican for a minute, okay, as a church. I know that's going to go on the podcast and freak some people out, but hey, there are some godly, lovely, wonderful Anglicans out there. Amen? Amen. We know many of them. Read this with me, would you? Let's read these words together. All authority, come on, read, in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So those of you who have been following Jesus for some time, I know that you know the answer to this question, but here's the question. The question is, what is the purpose of man? What is the chief end of man in this world today, of man and woman being used collectively in mankind and man? What's the chief end? Why are we here? What ultimately is our purpose being here on this planet, breathing with a heartbeat? Why are we here? 
Well, Isaiah wrote these words in chapter 43 and verse 7. He says this, everyone who is called by my name, God speaking, everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for, look, my glory, whom I formed and made. (laughs) There's a whole sermon there, right? In that one verse. But the answer is that we have been created to glorify God. When when we are spending our time breathing, when we are spending our time walking around, we are spending our time doing anything, if when we're doing it, we see ourselves as glorifying God, trust me when I say this, you need to be thinking this way. I want to encourage you to think this way in 2017, that if you're doing that and thinking that in doing this, I want to be glorifying God, you will be more human than ever. You will be more like Christ than ever, which means you will be more human in the way that you were intended to be. So one way that we do that, by the way, when we glorify God is this. We do that when we gather here on Sundays. That, again, is the purpose of being here on Sunday. It's not to check a box and say, I went to church, God should be happy with me. <laughs> it isn't for that reason whatsoever. It's, we, we come on Sunday to glorify God, and that, by the way, is one of the reasons we sing. I can't tell you, this morning as I was preparing to preach this, to say this to you, I'm sitting here listening to these three folks up here this morning, Nick and Heather and, and Wayne, and I'm just, I'm, I'm weeping because I can hear you. They're, they were beautiful. They led us perfectly. They were great songs, but I could hear you. There was, there's not a lot of us here today. It's January 1st. Happy New Year again. But I could hear you. That is something we're supposed to do. And guys, by the way, men, yes, sing. (laughs) I didn't pay him to say that. But the psalmist did say that. The singer of singers said that. In Psalm 100, verses 1 to 3, it says this, Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. So we we gather and glorify God by singing and through all of the other aspects of the gathering that we come here to do on Sunday, and I want to show you that. But listen, we come here, and I know some of you, I've been this way, so I'm not pointing any fingers, but some of us come on Sunday morning, and it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I don't really think that worship leader is the best, or like, I don't know, the songs this week, you know, or like the keyboard, is, is, uh, is she playing the right? I don't know. You know, like, and we're just sitting there, and we're, or, or our week is going through our head, you know, like stuff like that, or some other aspect of, of, of criticism is going through our minds, and so forth, and we're just sitting there with our mouth closed, or standing with our mouth closed. Sing. Why? Because that's how you glorify God. Sing, and you might actually feel like you're glorifying God. That's what the psalmist wants us to know. So we gather and glorify God by singing, but also through all the other aspects. And again, you guys know these verses, but I want to show it to you again. Here it is from Acts 2, 42 to 44. It's where we as the Rock Church got our pattern for what we do on Sunday mornings, or what we do as a church. And they devoted themselves. This is the birth of the church in Jerusalem. The Holy Spirit has just poured himself out on them. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul. Why? Because they were glorifying God. They were glorifying God. And many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles, and all who believed were together and had all things in common. 
So from the very first gathering of the church in Jerusalem and throughout the New Testament, they gathered to glorify God through, look at this, through the preaching of the word. When the word is preached, the person who's preaching is glorifying God by doing that. You, by being here and paying attention and maybe actually taking notes and thinking it through prayerfully, are glorifying God by being here when the word of God is preached through the fellowship. And we know from a study we did not too long ago that that word is the word koinonia in the Greek, and its, its literal meaning is actually seen in the last verse at the end of verse 4 where it says, had all things in common. So the fellowship is not just the tea and, and cookies outside that we have together and we chat with each other before the service. The fellowship is that we hold all things in common financially in the church. We're all in in this family, all helping to pay the bills and put the lights on and all the rest of it. And we're all in when it comes to serving in the church. And you know what? If, if our minds change when we come to church on Sunday, it's like every time, it doesn't matter what you put in, you put in it, and, and it's, it's, I'm doing that to glorify God. And I'm singing to glorify God. I'm coming to hear the word preached to glorify God. You know, it, it might change your perspective. It might change our perspective. That is the intention. And so we glorify God through all of these things, through breaking bread, which is why we do it every week here at the Rock Church. It's not just a formal tradition or a piece of the liturgy. It's a way that we glorify and honor God because Jesus himself asked us to do this in remembrance of me. And so it's really important that we do this. And of course, then there's also the prayers. And so hear this because it's the big idea, the dream for us this year. If, and I emphasize if, I'm going to do it twice today, this if thing, and I emphasize if, if we gather for these reasons, all of them leading to the one thing, if we gather to thoroughly and completely glorify God, well, then I think two things will naturally flow out of that. Two things will naturally flow out of that. First, we will experience the presence of God together. Listen, do you want to come to church on Sunday and, and, and feel the presence of God and experience it? then come to glorify God. Come to glorify God. Not, not to, out of obligation to me or to anybody else in the church. No, don't come because, well, I'm on the service list this week. You know, don't come for that reason. You know? Come because you want to glorify God in all that you do, in every moment of what you do. It will change this for you. It will change it. It will maybe bring it back to what it was once before for you. Because you will experience the presence of God in your glorifying of Him, not by you trying to get something from anybody else, especially from me on a Sunday morning. Secondly, we will be motivated to leave here with purpose. With purpose. And that purpose will be of telling everyone about Jesus, who He is, what He has done, and why He matters to us and to them. It'll change your motivation. It'll, that's why we're doing this. That's why God wants us to come together once a week to do this, is to remember what this is all about so that we will feel the presence of God with us and we, we'll just, we can't help it when we leave here but share him to everybody we come in contact with. So first we glorify God when we gather as the church to worship him, but that is the corporate focus. That's the corporate focus. There must also be the personal, Right? There has to be the personal level to this. So second then, we glorify God as we become more like Jesus Christ individually. We can come here on Sunday morning and glorify God in the presence of witnesses and do this together, but you know what? From 
Sunday night to next Saturday night, personally, we have to give ourselves to becoming more like Christ. So as we've seen, worship, or we should see, worship that we do here glorifying God on Sunday leads to mission. It, it, it should present to us an attitude and a heart and motivation that we want to go. <laughs> go, therefore. We want to go and make disciples. The motivation comes from that. And that's what will lead to making disciples. So that begs another question here, doesn't it? <laughs> How does living out the Great Commission, making disciples, lead to glorifying God? How does that, just that act, lead to glorifying God? Well, it's pretty simple, really. In order to lead someone else to follow Jesus, to be a disciple of Jesus, what do you obviously need to be? You need to be a disciple, a full-on follower of Jesus Christ. Glorifying God, then, for you and I is the process by which we continually to grow, grow to look and sound like Jesus Christ. So imagine it this way. The more that you and I know about Jesus, know him personally, the more we begin to think, act, talk, move like him, the more God is glorified in us. And it goes even deeper than that. Once we know, think, act, and begin to talk like him, actually repeating his words, the more likely we are to end up feeling like him, loving others like him. How easy is it to love other people in our human strength? That's what we need. So guess what? In all of that, what happens? God is glorified. God is glorified through this whole process. So there, there, I'm going to give you two very practical things uh, that will help make you more like Jesus. And some of you are going to go, oh, come on now. That's like so elementary. Yep, it is. But I think the truth is most of us just won't go there. And yet it's the only way that you are going to get to know more about Jesus, about who God is, what he has done, who then you are, and how then we should live, the only way. First, number one is, here's what I suggest to you. I'm going to suggest to you that you bring Bibles, these ones, right? You bring Bibles to church, printed ones. I'm going to suggest it, right? You know that every Sunday I say, open your Bibles, please, and about 12 of you do, right? And I always say that, and I say that every week. And now I'm also going to say this. I'm going to put this out there. I know that most of you, come on, most of you know I'm not old school. Okay. I'm older than most of you, but I'm not old school. I am preaching from an iPad, right? I have an iPhone. People text me during my messages, and it buzzes. I can feel it, right? So I, I'm a techie. I'm into that kind of stuff. But I'm telling you something right now, and you guys all know this. There's lots of articles out there about how this technology is good, good, good. But then again, listen. And I'm saying this a lot. I'm going to say this specifically to dads, men. Have a printed Bible with you. Open it at church. Make notes. Write in it. I have two older Bibles that my sons occasionally will find and will dip into and look into. The first is my original King James Version, Thee, Thoueth, and Willeth, and Wonteth. You know, I love that Bible. It's the one that J J Janice gave to me when I became a believer. And, and I, I, I just loved that. And it was a red-letter edition, so Jesus' words were in red. And I got notes all over it. And then I realized after I'd had it for a couple of years that I was butchering it. <laughs> and and the, the columns were too small. So I heard that there was a wide-margin Bible, 
right? So I went and got myself one of those, right? Because then the margin's like that thick, and, and then you can write longer notes. You can put a whole sermon in there. It's amazing. And I started doing that. Early on in my preaching career, I'd actually just preach from my wide-margin New King James Version because the notes were there. They were there. Guys, I just want to encourage you. In 2017, why don't you try that? Bring a printed Bible to church for with you. And, and you know what you're going to do in doing that? You're going to glorify God. And you know what else you're going to do? You're going to model something for people, especially for your kids, especially for your kids. Number two, Matt highlighted it a little earlier today, read through the whole Bible in 2017. We have a new plan that we put up on our website. I think it's a, probably a better plan than we've had before because it's actually a five-day plan. So it's, it's designed to go, and we have it on the back of the bulletin here today. So the first reading starts tomorrow, right? Tomorrow looks like this. Genesis 1 to 2, Psalm 19, Mark 1. It'll take you 15 minutes, right? It'll take you 15 minutes to read that. The good thing about the five-day version and this particular one, they try to... They try to um, get you to read through the Bible in a chronological and thematic way. So, so a lot of the way this has been structured is, is that things are from when they were written and also historically lined up. It's, it's an interesting reading version, but also they give you five days so that Saturday and Sunday, if you get behind, and you will, you can catch up. And here's the other secret to that. If you really want to get through the Bible in one year, uh, in the first year, you're going to fall behind. But don't try to catch up. Just Go back to the day. If you miss three or four days, just go back to the day where you're supposed to be and keep going. Because you know what will happen? Honestly, believe me when I say this, what will happen is in the second and third year you're doing this, you'll make it through. Because it'll start to just unravel for you. And the, the Word of God will just start to explode. This is how you get to know Him. It's the only way that you're going to get to know the power of the Holy Spirit and that the Word of God is in you. So you need to know the story. You need to come here on Sunday, and when I start talking, you go, I know that. <laughs> I knew that. What's he up there for? Right? Oh, well, working my way out of a job. That'd be great. So it's all very simple. Get to know who he is, what he's done, and why it matters, and you will become more like him, which will lead to glorifying God more with your life, and that nat- naturally leads to the next way. And so I'll put the, the, the main verses back on screen one more time for you. I want you to notice the progression here. Jesus is sending you and I into this world to make disciples, which can only naturally come from knowing him and his word well enough, which then also leads to us being capable, look at this, capable of teaching them to observe all that he has commanded us to do. Now, you've heard what the Greek word for disciple literally means, haven't you? Anybody tell me what the the Greek word literally means for a disciple? Nobody? Learner. Disciples of Jesus are learners of Jesus. That's what the Greek word literally means. And so we need to be that people. And so it is from this complete understanding, let me say this, of the Great Commission that Jesus gave to his disciples and us that we understand our identity. We have it as a church. It's on our e-newsletter. We we say it all the time. We are a family of missionary disciples servants, baptized in the name of the Father. He's our dad. We're children of God. We're put into a family. We serve King Jesus. And how do we serve King Jesus? By serving others. And then we're sent in the power of the Holy Spirit as missionaries, all of us, into this world to make disciples who make disciples. 
I like to say that and repeat that because you, you look at that verse and it's kind of like, well, we're just going to go make disciples. No, that's where you get the idea of making converts, right? So the idea is you get someone to pray a prayer and you go, hey, good for you. See you in a few years. Good luck. <laughs> I don't really have time to stick around here and disciple you and teach you all that I know about the Scriptures and about Jesus. You're actually being called to make disciples who make disciples. It's like making babies. It's like that's what making disciples is supposed to look like. And so that is another way that we glorify God. We glorify God as we teach others to become like Jesus Christ, to come to faith in Christ and then to become like Jesus Christ. And then when we all go back to the nation's part, we see that the truth, the more the truth and the word and the love and life of Christ are spread throughout the world, the more God is glorified. So the whole, the whole point, it starts here. It starts here and then it spreads and, and the idea is when Jesus says to the nations, it starts and he gives them the geographical in Acts 1.8, right? Beginning in your own Jerusalem, first of all, right here in Squamish, first of all. If you're not making disciples here in Squamish, don't think you're going to be able to go somewhere else and all of a sudden turn it on. This is what being a disciple of Jesus and making disciples of Jesus is all about. We become more like Jesus. We lead others to become more like Jesus and so on and so on. And through this process... God is glorified. We receive the word today. Throughout the week, we share the word with others. And that's exactly what Jesus is doing here with his brothers and sisters on this mountain in Matthew 28. That's what he's been doing through their whole life. They heard the word of God in Jesus. They heard the good news of God's grace. They saw it. And mercy to all who turn from their sins and trust in Jesus and what he accomplished on the cross and in our place. They heard it and they shared it. Listen, if they hadn't done that, you and I wouldn't be here today, would we? We're here today because they did that. They took what Jesus said on this mountaintop in Matthew 28, and they took it to the world. And so here on Sundays as the church, we are displaying this reality we are displaying this reality. And then again, we get so excited about it that the only thing that we can do if we're really coming here to glorify God and we begin to understand our role in his great plan to reach the nations with salvation, we just can't wait to get out of here and go tell someone about it. And I'll tell you what, this is, this is the one thing that the world really does want to see from you and I. They don't want to hear our arguments. They don't want to get into apologetics really all that much. They, they, they do because they love a good argument like the rest of us, right? They, they want to hear us be able to defend our faith, and, and yet they still want to be able to argue and fight with it. But I'll tell you what they want to see from Christians more than anything else. I think I hope you will agree. They want to see us walk the talk, right? They, they want to see Christians legitimately walk the talk, displaying it. What this Jesus said, you are actually living? Like, so in other words, they want to converse with us in a such a way that our explanation of Jesus, of the gospel, is accompanied by lives that are really living it out. That's what the world actually wants to see. Now, how are you going to get to that point if the Word of God is not in you? If you're not in, in coming to church on Sunday, you're, you're, you're not glorifying God and everything. Listen, let's do that. That's my dream for us this year as a church. Now, here's another big if. Can you imagine what might happen if we intentionally show the people around us what it means to follow Jesus at home, at work, in our private and public life, in the church, in Squamish? Can you imagine what might happen? Dream with me. <laughs> we planted this church almost eight years ago, seven and a half years ago. I love our church. I love you. 
I love you for coming and participating and serving and so forth. But I got to tell you, in eight years almost in Squamish, I know the other three or four evangelical churches in this community. I know what their numbers are. And aside from transfer growth, people deciding, yeah, I don't think the rocks is cool anymore. I think I'll try this place, or I don't think this place is that cool. I'll try the rock or whatever. Other than transfer growth and a few people who are moving to Squamish who settle into churches who are believers, not a lot of growth going on. Not a lot of growth, meaning not a lot of people coming to faith in Jesus Christ in Squamish. Dream with me, would you? Dear friends, I, I would love in 2017 to start seeing more lilies and Daniels and a few others coming to the rock and coming to faith in Jesus Christ. Wouldn't you? That's why we're doing this. We, we want people to come to faith in Christ. So the last thing that Jesus tells us to do is teach them to obey everything that he commanded us to do. And again, there's this progression. We learn the word. We teach the word. And, and it's, it's a very important progression. So here's a very direct question for all of you in this room today and everyone listening to this podcast, and I will try to insist that everybody does in our church body. Will the Word of God stop with you or spread through you? Think about that question. Will the Word of God stop with you or spread through you into this community? Will you come to church on Sunday and be fed? Will you listen to other podcasts of great preachers, because there's lots of really good ones out there, and get fed some more? Will you go to some really amazing Bible studies and women's retreats and conferences and get fed and fed and fed and fed some more? You know what will happen, right? You will be fed up. (laughs) But you know what else is true? You'll still be hungry. We still remain hungry. Why? Because the word is stopping with you. It stops with us when we just do that. You got to go and share it. You got to take a risk. You got to go into people's lives and, and go into their broken places, into places where people are suffering, where there's pain, where there's marriage strife, where there's children problems, right? Where there's whatever going on in this community. There are people in pain and suffering, looking like, you know, like I'm striving after the wind, like Solomon did in Ecclesiastes, and I'm trying to make the best life possible and enjoy every day climbing and biking and and hiking and doing all the things that I can do here. Look at me. My life is great. It's awesome. Go below the surface. Because Solomon said it's just vanity. It's just wind. People know that. We need to walk alongside them and tell them that there's hope for them. (laughs) There's Jesus. There's Jesus. Some of you might be sitting here today and going, okay, listen, this is is good. (laughs) I want to glorify God more in what I can do, but how can I, honestly, Glenn, like we're a small church, how can I, one person, how can we, a hundred or so people, how can we make a dent in this 95% In Squamish that doesn't know Jesus, doesn't really want to know him. How can we do that? Two words. Make disciples. (laughs) That's how. That's how. I've said this before many times when when counseling or just talking to people about this whole concept. I said, come on, can you imagine that in your life, if, if, you know, when you get to my age or older, and, and it's like, you can't, you can't name a circumstance where someone whom, whom you've 
witnessed to, who you've talked to, who you've walked with, has, has stepped onto the stage at a church on a Sunday morning and given their testimony and given their life to Jesus Christ, and you were part of that, a significant part of that? Can you imagine living your whole life and then passing away as a Christian and standing before God, and, and, and it's like, I don't know what else we consider to be the ultimate in accomplishments in this life, but i got to tell you, that's, that's, that's got to be one of the things that should lead us to say, i got to get up in the morning and focus on that. Because <laughs> that would be awesome to see someone do that. Now, I know some of us might say, well, yeah, but I'm just doing the watering, or I'm just doing this, or I'm doing that little bit, because, you know, like I'm, I don't have, you know, I'm busy, and I'll do this, and someone else will do that. And if someone else is there when they get to this, okay, yeah, but don't let that be a cop-out either to the reality that we're all called to this. So here's my big dream for you and for our church this year. From the very start of this church, the mission has been the same. It hasn't changed. To make Jesus known. We exist to make Jesus known. That's it. Nothing else. We don't have any other grandiose statements about changing the world and all the rest of it. Why? Because that's our compass. If we decide to do something, it's because it will help make Jesus known. If we decide not to do something any further because we've tried it it'll be, or even begin to do it, it's because, well, I don't know how it's going to make Jesus known. So we ask the question as leaders all the time about that. So here's my dream. I'm going to give you a list of things like I did last year. I'm not going to give you the long list. I believe uh, those things will happen naturally through you. My dream is that we strip it all back. We strip it all back as a church and as individuals and commit to just one thing this coming year. One thing. Individually and corporately as a church. That we do everything to the glory of God. That everything we do would be to the glory of God in all that we do. One thing. And I think that focus can be lived out in three ways. Three simple ways. You guys all know them. But the first one is this. Faithfully gather here on Sundays. Why? Because of what I just said. Faithfully commit to gathering with the body of Christ on Sundays. Why? Well, to set up and to glorify God in helping on the team, to, to teach the kids. It's a good way for you to learn how to teach the Bible to others is to learn how to teach to kids. They're very receptive. You wouldn't believe it. Like, right? They, they will listen, too. It's, well, mostly. But show up to sing to hear, to serve, to give, to worship, to glorify God. Show up for that purpose. Secondly, faithfully commit to a small group community. You guys who are in it, I mean, you heard testimony today from Dave and others that this is the lifeblood of our church. Why? Because it's there where we're building disciple-making relationships. But you've got to be faithfully in it. You need this body. And I hope, hope you'll also see this. In order for you to be a disciple-maker, a disciple-maker, you need a local body that gets this stuff. I'm not saying we're perfect. I'm your lead pastor. I'm not perfect. So we're not perfect, right? But, but we get this, don't we? We get this. This is important. We're calling you to it. Some like it, some don't. That's why there's transfer growth, right? But you need this, and we call you to it. You need a local church that'll hold you to these things. You need community that is on mission on these things and is growing. Listen, in seven years, have we seen a lot of growth through new birth? No. Are we going to? Yes. Why? You're growing. You are growing. It's no doubt in my mind you're growing. Thirdly, just go and make some disciples in Squamish. Go make some disciples in Squamish. 
That's how you're going to glorify God. That's how you are going to feel the presence of God in your life. That's how this year is going to be different for you. If you don't have a plan for 2017 to make it different than 2016, better and different, especially for the Lord, then all at best you're going to do is photocopy last year. So make a plan to do these things. I want to leave you lastly with Jesus' first words to his disciples. These were his very first words. Remember when he called the first two dudes, right? You know, remember when he called Peter? He goes, you two, follow me. He said these words, says this in Matthew 4. While walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. So Jesus tells us in these words that, listen, all followers of Jesus are fishers. We're being sent in this world to fish. For what? For souls. By him to go and do this. And that's why it culminates on the mountain where he says, go, go make disciples of all nations. Fish in every sea, beginning in Jerusalem first of all. Go and make disciples. Go and make disciples. So that's my dream for us this year. That in everything that we do, we will glorify God. That you, when you come to worship on Sunday mornings, when you come to attend, you will come with the heart of a person who's coming to worship, to glorify God. And then that you will go into this world and make disciples. And we will do that together in community. And we will spur each other onto it. I saw something yesterday. I'll leave you with this quote from Nikki Gumbel, the pastor and leader of, uh, um, of Alpha. I thought it was appropriate. He said this, Look back and thank God. Look forward and trust God. Look around and serve God. Look up and seek your God. Pray with me, would you?